Hello, my name's James Cridland. I am the editor of uh, Pod News, which is a daily podcast newsletter all about podcasting. And I'm the guest this week on Podcast Besties. Hello, Podcast Besties. It is the debut episode, and I have got James Cridlin on the show today talking all about SEO for websites and podcast apps. Plus, he's helping you audit your podcast. We're going to tell you how and how to get that press release right. But first, we discuss James's place in podcasting history, which I personally found very interesting. But if you are just here for the tips and the fish and chips references, jump ahead to the six and a half minute mark. All right, James, let's get started. First, just give the besties like the Cliffs notes of your podcasting origin story, because I think you're an OG, right? Well, I'm kind of an OG, but I feel bad claiming that I'm an OG, so I'm not going to claim that I'm an OG. But yeah, I was working for a radio station in the UK called Virgin Radio in 2005 or late 2004. I saw this thing called podcasting and I thought, oh, podcasting, that sounds interesting. And so we worked out a method of producing the first daily podcast from a radio station in the UK back in um March of 2005 is when we launched with a press release that used the word podvertising. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, but you, so you were a radio guy going into it. Yeah. So I was a radio guy going into it. Thankfully, not behind the microphone there, but I ended up writing all of the, uh, I wrote the RSS feed, but I also wrote the system that would uh, actually turn a four hour radio show into a half hour podcast and that seemed to work really well and we were getting thousands of downloads per episode back then so it was clearly a thing that people liked and a thing that people really really wanted but uh, yeah it was a long 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 time ago and in the same month we ended up launching the first the world's first streaming radio app for a radio station so you could have a listen to us we didn't call it an app because we didn't know that that's what we were supposed to call it because that hadn't <laughs> been coined so we called it a 3g radio tuner which is very old-fashioned um <laughs> and uh, yeah and so this was the days when mobile phones didn't have wi-fi in them so in order to listen to the radio station you had to use your very expensive data uh, and it streamed at a whole eight kilobits a second. So you can imagine how how good it sounded. <laughs> and, um, oh, my God. So, you can yeah. definitely claim the OG mantle. I think that's well-deserved. <laughs> it's a long, long time ago. So were there other podcasts at the time? Like, I mean, early podcasts I remember listening to, especially UK, was like, Ricky Gervais, like, was he even mm. podcasting at the time? He wasn't podcasting by then. There's actually a whole page on the history of podcasting in the UK at, at the Pod News website, if you want to go and uh, see all of the chronology there. He wasn't podcasting at the time, but the BBC was. There was a very, and it's still podcasting now, a very cerebral podcast called In Our Time uh, with Lord Melvin Bragg. And um, yes, it's a very, you know, it's all about philosophy and ancient history and, you know, and, and what the Greeks did and all this kind of stuff. So they were doing that. And they started in November of 2004. Um, really one of the very first to be putting shows out as a podcast. But there were uh, a few others. I ended up speaking at the first podcast conference, uh, I think in Europe, called Podcast Con in uh, June of 2005. And um, there were lots of proper OG podcasters then. And I remember 
being shouted at by the audience because I was from mainstream media. Boo, you shouldn't be in our space. This is our <laughs> space. And literally, uh, it, literally, it was, um, you know, I was supposed to be talking for 45 minutes. And it was basically 45 minutes of the crowd shouting at me, telling me that I shouldn't be in their space and leave them alone. So that was fun. <laughs> That's so funny because now I feel like you're so independent. It's like you can't accuse you of being so like Mr. Mainstream Media. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, back then I was I was taking my paycheck from you know, a, a large, a large commercial radio station and, you know, right. and, and absolutely fine. But I think what I was trying to do then, as I tried to do now, was to share the experiences that we had had. We were working on the idea, we were recording an awful lot of bands in our studios. And one of the things I wanted to end up doing was to make that make those tracks available as pod safe music, if you remember that. Um, oh. So, you know, so you could actually start playing if you wanted to play a Coldplay song, absolutely fine play a Coldplay song but play the recording that had, that we had done because then the record companies don't have anything to say about it it's just purely the you know the agreement that we had made with the band rather than with any record company so i was really keen to explore that and you know and basically open up our library of about you know 2000 different tracks to the podcast community i thought that would be a really cool thing that's fascinating. Things are never as easy as the, as they might be. Right. So when did Pod News, when did that come into the picture and how did that get started and, and why? What was your motivation? Uh, why? Why? Why did you do it, James? Um, so <laughs> I was actually, I was in, I was in LA. So I'm, I'm a radio consultant. So I consult with a ton of different radio companies across the world. And I was speaking at the Worldwide Radio Summit, which is, um, I think, one of these jokes that you Americans do, where you claim that something is worldwide because you invite one person from the rest of the world. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no need to and roast. <laughs> and I was there, you know, much like your worldwide, what is it, baseball thing? Anyway, um, let's not go there. So I was there and I was chatting with a friend of mine in the bar and he was saying, where do you get your podcast news? And I said, well, you know, there's Nick Quire and that's kind of about it. And he said, don't you think there might be something for for, you know, the whole industry, because Nick is great, but Nick writes very much about craft and not not that mm -hmm. much about business and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, yeah, that sounds interesting. So this was back in 2017, in May of 2017. And yeah, so by the end of June, um, the first edition of Pod News had gone out to about five people who had signed up. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I've been doing it ever since, uh, every single day, ever since then. Well, it's an incredible resource. Most people listening probably already know, but if you're not, you should be subscribed and get the daily update. And you have, probably because you've been writing every day, your website is like so dominant on the web. <laughs> when I search anything related to podcasting, you are like right up there or any sometimes just adjacent things. I'll be like, damn, James, good job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so give us a little tutorial. Like what's your website strategy and kind of like, how do you maintain that? Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess there's two things. There's the point of the website. Why is the website there? And then there's the whole SEO stuff. And I always think that it's worthwhile starting at why why the website is there. And a lot of people, 
don't like the layout of the website because it's quite simple. And particularly on the front page, the front page is all about getting the newsletter. That's what the website mm -hmm. is for. So if you visit the podnews.net website, the only thing that you will probably see is a big sign up box to get the newsletter and lots of reasons why that might be. And there's been a lot of different just sort of playing around with, with language and playing around with words and testimonials and graphics and things just to really focus on that one thing, which is I want you to sign up for my free newsletter. And I think we kind of forget that when we're making sites and we make the website look very, very beautiful and everything else. But actually, if you're making a website for a podcast, the most important thing is to A, make it really obvious it's a podcast. You'd be surprised. And then also B, just highlight the official buttons don't go and redrawing anything. The official buttons for Apple, for Spotify, and probably Google Podcasts as your big three calls to action at the top of the page. Don't hide those at the bottom. Make those really, really obvious so that people know as soon as they get to the website, this is a website about a podcast. How do I sign up for it? Oh, there's the Apple button that I recognize. And so it's very much focused around just making sure that that call to action is as simple as possible. And it converts, right? Yeah. And it seems to convert really well. So I've got uh, more than 26,000 people signed up as of today, which is nice. And, you know, I've built lots of stuff so that I can actually work out where people are coming from and why people are signing up and all of that. But actually, just on the very basic, yeah, I mean, making it really clear, don't point people towards and here's lots of articles and here's lots of, you know, other things. If the thing that you want them to end up doing is to subscribe to your newsletter or to get your, uh, your a podcast or whatever, Totally. Okay. So then the rest of it, like me seeing you in the news results constantly, <laughs> like what's the kind of backend SEO stuff that is also working on a monster level? Yeah. So firstly, I write all of my own code because I, I because of course I do. Right. Um, so <laughs> I think the most the most important thing for SEO is not necessarily to read too much of the SEO stuff, but to really focus on simple well-designed in terms of the HTML, well-designed web pages so that Google and, you know, Bing and I guess ChatGPT and everybody else actually know what that page is all about. There are a few additional features that you can do around, there's something around schema, which is putting a little bit of JSON code in your website, um, which again helps a, a search engine understand what that page is all about. And you'll find if you view, if you view the source of any of the, you know, the pages that I've put up there, you'll find that there's a little bit of JSON in there as well, just to, just to sort of help with that. But really, you know, again, it's just making sure that the pages are simple and straightforward, which is why there aren't, you know, there isn't a sidebar and there aren't lots of ad banners and there isn't, you know, if you like that, you'll like this stuff, right. you know, it's, it's very, very focused on what the content is. And, and that seems to work in terms of SEO. So when you talk about, sorry, I don't know these words for sure, but schema and JSON, are those like metadata things that are behind the website that are like just telling them what's inside that's not yeah. necessarily on the page? Yeah, exactly. So I've got an awful lot of podcast pages, for example. So they're pages about a specific podcast. And the reason why I built those 
is because I didn't want, I, I use an Android phone. I didn't want to always link to Apple mm-hmm. uh, because an Apple phone link is pointless for me as an Android user. So therefore I wanted to make a really simple page that was straightforward, that basically allowed you to find out more about this particular podcast and subscribe to uh, that podcast in your your podcast app of, of uh, choice. So that's basically what I've ended up doing there. And so those podcast pages also have a little bit of code in them, of computer code in them, which tells uh, Google, this is a podcast. Mm -hmm. This podcast is called this. It's related to this link on Apple and this link on in other places as well. It's got some audio on it and here is the audio. And so all of that data is hidden away in the in the page to help Google understand, oh, okay, this is so this is about a podcast. This is about its ratings. So I pull ratings in from Rephonic, which is a service that has ratings for your podcast all over the place. So I pull those in so that when I appear in a Google search result, it's got a little rating next to it and it just looks a little bit more exciting than just a piece of text. And so, you know, quite a lot of that is just is just focused around on helping Google understand what all of this is about. So Google, I think, calls it, oh, what does Google call it? I've forgotten now. But uh, there's a whole website about this called schema.org, which has all kinds of information. It's really, really techy. But the easier way to to work it out is Google offers this really good service, which is called the Webmasters Console, I think. Mm. Maybe it's the website owner's console or anything else. But anyway, it should be the webmistress's console, frankly. <laughs> um, in fact, I believe it's called the, the search console now because I think I think they actually oh, yeah. might, I think might you're have, right. might have actually signed listened. up for yes. that. Yes. Yeah. And so that is really helpful because that tells you all kinds of useful information about how people are finding your your web pages, what you could be doing better to make your web pages appear higher. And all of that around, you know, additional information and uh, structured data and everything else. So that's a, a, a super useful thing. The other thing that I try and do very, very, you know, very carefully is to make sure that the web page loads as fast as possible, which means no massive large graphics, or if you do do massive large graphics, make sure they're really optimized so that they load very, very fast. Um, there are a couple of little tricks that I've done in the web pages themselves so that you know images only load if you're actually going to look at them so there are lots of lots of images at the bottom of the page it's called lazy loading so that they only start loading if you scroll down and if you don't scroll down they don't start loading and so of course google sees that and goes oh great you know this is a really nice fast loading page because google uses the speed of your web page as one of the reasons to put you higher in that list and so I've focused oh. very, very much on, yeah, really making sure that the pages load as fast as possible, which is why there's not too much, you know, clever uh, fonts or lots of images or anything else. It's as simple as possible so that your web browser can load it as fast as possible. And then hopefully Google thinks that this is a good page to show other people. Hey, besties, just a quick shout out to the BFFs who make all of this possible. Hey, Canadian podcasters, are you tired of feeling like the podcasting space is fractured between indies and networks? Well, Pod the North is the Canadian podcasting newsletter that's changing all of that. Read the latest issue at podthenorth.substack.com. In March of 2019, host Amy Lewis lost her sister. 
but she decided to use her grief for something productive and fun. So she started a podcast as a way to relive and share memories from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s in her sister's memory. I think this is such a cool way to honor a loved one. So check out the Pop Culture Retrospective podcast. Soothe your promotional aches and pains with a free subscription to the podcast clinic from Podspike. Get monthly tips, tricks, and articles to help your podcast marketing become that little bit easier. Go to podspike.com. P.S. Podspike offers a la carte podcast promotional services, and it's a really great way to get started if you are on a budget, as I usually am. What happens when the watchdog tasked with overseeing the largest law enforcement agency in the country looks the other way? In Bad Watchdog, host Marin Maklis exposes a series of shocking cover-ups at the Department of Homeland Security. Oh my god, none of us are safe. The first season of Bad Watchdog is out now. And if you stick around to the end of the episode, you get to listen to the trailer. And guess what? You can be a Podcast Bestie sponsor too. All levels of Podcast Bestie advertisers will now receive a baked-in ad on the show in addition to their advertisement in the newsletter. So check out podcastbestie.com slash advertise for more information and to book your ad. So that, you know, that page that you have for each podcast that you just mentioned Mm. a minute ago. I've been looking at mine and you can sort of use that to optimize because it'll tell you if you're not showing up on certain players. Can you kind of walk people through the other ways that they can use that page? Yeah. So, I mean, so what I did notice when I started these pages is that there were lots of podcast owners who had not necessarily set their podcast up to succeed. So, um, you know, maybe we'll go on to SEO within podcast apps, uh, Mm -hmm. which is a whole different kettle of fish. But I did notice that, you know, for example, there are some podcasts that haven't put a website address in their RSS feed. So there's no way for you to link back to the website of the podcast because they haven't put that in the RSS feed. You need that if you're going to appear in Google Podcasts for a start. But also it's really handy because you obviously want people to go and have a look at your website and to find out how to donate to you or find out how to learn more information about the hosts or whatever it is. So I thought, oh, right, okay, well, I can catch that and I can put something at the bottom. There's a little thing that says information for podcasters. And I can put something at the bottom that says, oh, by the way, there's no link to a website here. You might want to think about that. And then I thought, oh, well, actually, there are quite a lot of other things that I've noticed that some podcasters are getting wrong. So, you know, a space after the title. It's really easy to do that in your podcast hosting company to leave a space after the title. But actually, that breaks a few things. So I highlight that and I highlight when you haven't written enough uh, for your show description. And I highlight, you know, all all kinds of things and podcast trailers, which are really, really important. Every podcast should have a trailer. So all of this stuff is all is all just sort of, you know, there are there are little checks that happen in that page. So yeah, so if you were to search for your own podcast at the podnews.net website, then um, you may find some stuff. Sometimes I get it wrong, but you may find some some uh, stuff in there that might that might help. I have one question about mine that I will email you about (laughs) because there's only one thing I can't fix. But I think that's so handy. I think everyone should check out 
their page because you probably will find a couple things you weren't expecting. So, okay, you are obviously very tech savvy. You code your own site. Do you have any tips, dummy proof tips for podcasters and SEO? Is there anything else that you think people should be incorporating? I mean, just on a really basic level, and this is a really basic level, make sure that your podcast is called something which makes it obvious what the podcast is about. It's really easy for you to go, you know, oh, I'm writing a podcast about, you know, fish and chips or something. So I'll call it, you know, assault and battery. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and won't that be funny? And uh, that'll be really, really hilarious. And then you wonder why no one finds your podcast. Nobody's found your podcast because it doesn't say a fish and chips podcast. Exactly. That's a very British reference. <laughs> but you, know, but you know what I mean? So, you know, so making it really, really obvious. And that's one of the reasons why podcast is as big as podcast is, is because they started by doing all of their podcasts were all called really obvious names. They have a podcast about serial killers and it's called serial killers they have a <laughs> podcast about daily horoscopes which is called daily horoscopes and so whenever you go into the into a podcast app and you're searching for you know I want a podcast about serial killers i'll just type in serial killers then podcast serial killers appears at the top of the list brilliant and it surprises me that there are so many podcasts out there that have basically gone oh let's think of the most obscure pun that we can possibly call our podcast and nobody will understand it so that's the first thing the second thing is not to use sorry but not to use the word podcast in your podcast title unless you're podcast bestie because yeah, i'm a podcast yeah. about podcasts <laughs> Well, uh, so there are 1.7 million podcasts out there with the word podcast in the title. Now, I don't know about you, but I would rather be easier to find for any search engine algorithm than, oh, there's another 1.7 million out there with this word in the title. So people know that it's a podcast because they're searching for it on a podcast app. If you're advertising it on an ad banner in the street, Absolutely. Write the word podcast on there because otherwise no one will know what it is. But on the podcast itself, you don't have to worry about that. On your website, yes, not on the podcast. So please don't add the word podcast onto the end. It's not the fish and chips podcast. It's fish and chips um, <laughs> or something else. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, so, so just being really obvious about that, but also using your show notes or rather, let's be more clear about this, your episode notes, the description of your podcast that you have probably gone into your your podcast host and you've gone, oh, they want something else from me. Oh, I'll just quickly <laughs> rattle off a sentence and uh, blah, blah, blah. Joe Rogan's is something like thoughts from a guy in mind. Yeah. That's all that Joe Rogan's a description is. So from that point of view, again, those are things that both Google uses to search for you, but also all of the big podcast apps will search through your show name and through the description for your show as well. So, you know, a really good example that I saw the other week, there's someone who has just put up a podcast about Major League Soccer. And they called it the MLS, you know, MLS Weekly or something like that. And the description said, you know, all the goings on in all of the MLS leagues. And I said to them, you might want to use the word soccer 
in there somewhere <laughs> so that people might be able to find, you know, explain what MLS means so that if somebody is searching for Major League Soccer, then they will find it. And also, by the way, there are another 179 countries out there who call it football. So you might want to put football somewhere in the description so that people will find it if they're doing a web search for football. So it's, again, it's, it's coming back to just keeping it as easy as possible for the algorithms to understand what your podcast is all about. And then that will help people search for your particular show and find your particular show. And then you mentioned the apps and especially with the episode descriptions, have they gotten better at combing through that stuff? Well, so the, the one thing that we know about apps, and I did some work a couple of years ago now around what apps actually look at and what they don't. So I worked with um, Mark Stedman, who does podcasting in the UK, and we both came up with words that don't exist in Google, which was quite difficult. And once we came up with those words that don't exist in Google, we put them into some of our podcasts and we waited two or three weeks. And then we went back and we started searching for those imaginary words in all of these podcast apps so that we could find out what different podcast apps were indexing and what they weren't. So we ended up learning very, very clearly that, for example, Apple Podcasts will search through your podcast title. We'll search through your description for the podcast and we'll search through the episode title and that's it. They don't search through your episode show notes. So if you put lots of information in your episode show notes about, you know, in this, in this episode, we're interviewing so-and-so um, and he'll tell us the best way to batter a fish. It won't have any of that, of that information in Apple Podcasts, or at least wouldn't at the time because Apple Podcasts wasn't looking at that at that thing. Now, I think mm -hmm. Spotify does, but Apple doesn't. So really, you know, again, that focuses on, all right, making sure that your episode titles are as clear as possible. So they need to be short because otherwise, you know, you'll be penalized, uh, uh, you know, normally, but they also need to say what is in that particular show. So don't call it episode 25. <laughs> you know, call it who the guest is and maybe what you might learn in that particular show. I think we go slightly overboard on the Pod News Weekly Review, which is a, an hour long show that we do every single week. We normally squeeze a bit too much into the into the title, but, but it really helps the search engines find what that show is about. Yeah, I used to be like super artsy or try to be like clever in my titles and sometimes not even put the guest name in the episode description. And then I realized how stupid that was because when people are searching for this exact guest, sometimes they can't find them. Yeah. Hey, besties. You know how it goes. I got to interrupt because I need those ratings and reviews. Help, help, help. <laughs> My goal is just to get on the scoreboard with this episode. I want five ratings on Spotify and five ratings and reviews on Apple Podcast. And because we all know Apple Podcast reviews are such great social proof, I have got a deal for you. If you leave a five-star rating with a review on Apple Podcasts and you email me a screenshot with your name and the name of your podcast, you are going to get a free shout out on the next episode. Okay? It's like a free ad. I'm like Oprah over here. You get a shout out. You get a shout out. You get a shout out. But seriously, it's that easy. Thank you for your help. Okay, now back to James. Okay, so more broadly... Mm. for independent podcasters, podcasters in general, but especially the indie folks, 
you see a lot of press releases. You see a lot of news every day. So you're on the pulse. What's your audit? Like what are missed opportunities that you see, not just with websites, but anything production or marketing or monetization, like whatever? Mm, wow. Missed opportunities. I mean, I think number one is uh, the power of the transcripts. Transcripts are really, are really helpful and useful. They're obviously good for people who can't hear very well. Mm-hmm. And so frankly, you should be doing them anyway, but they also help with SEO and, you know, Google can actually read through. There's a fair amount of evidence that Apple Podcasts is, is actually producing transcripts and things of your show under the hood anyway, to help with their, with their search now. But putting a transcript onto a web page is, is not going to harm anything and, and will be a good a good plan. There are plenty of automated ways that you can uh, do that. Hindenburg has just released a brand new version of their audio editor, which automatically does transcripts, you know, Descript does them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So those, those are really important. But I think also just on a really basic level, making sure that you know your, you know how to explain what your podcast is about. Eric Newsom uh, has written a really good book called Make Noise. Uh, he used to make loads of podcasts at uh, NPR. He now runs his own podcast company called Magnificent Noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, make Noise is a really good is a really good book that I would recommend to anybody that is making a podcast. And one of the things that it says in there is the magical. I think he says either twelve words or ten words, which is the explanation of what your podcast is. If you can't explain what your podcast is in 10 or 12 words, then you should probably stop making your podcast and work <laughs> out what your podcast is about. Because um, if you don't know what your podcast is about, that's probably not a great thing. So really focusing on, you know, what is the 12 words of that particular show? What is it there to do? And then make sure, you know, obviously that would be a great description or a great start to one, but it, it also really helps you understand what the press release should be about and mm-hmm. what you should be focusing on. Quite a lot of the time I will get a press release and they will use all of the words like, you know, ooh, uncensored talk and, uh, you know, and real saying things unfiltered, you Taboo know, and topics. all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm there going, yeah, but what's it about? What is actually <laughs> in this podcast? There are 1,700 podcasts out there which are called Real Talk. Uh, you know, so making it really obvious what your podcast is about. I'm really surprised that there are so many people who will send a press release and not have that. So that's one thing. The other thing I would say is if you're going to send a press release out to websites, I don't know if you've ever seen a website before, but they've all got pictures on them. They've all got (laughs) pictures on them. So please don't just send out a, a press release, which is a piece of text and assume that that is going to be enough for most people. You stand a much better chance of that being published in a newspaper, in a website, if there's a great photograph that goes alongside it. And you're very good at this. Every press release that I've received from you has at least two photographs of you. Uh, and I can, <laughs> and I can at least, and I can at least use one of them. Um, so, so from that point of view, that's super good, but you would be so surprised at how many people don't send any photographs and people like pictures of other human beings much more than a, uh, you know, a podcast thumbnail or that sort of thing. So a picture of a human being, probably recording a podcast, maybe, or just posed in a nice way. So that that's a really obvious thing. And it's I, and I'm so surprised at how few podcasts 
even that will send a nice photograph alongside. Yeah. Any other big press release bloopers that you see on a regular basis? <laughs> Uh, some people send me press releases and they forget to mention what the title of the podcast is, oh. um, which is, which is always a winner. Um, <laughs> and some people send me press releases without actually checking that their podcast is findable in Apple podcasts. I'm not the world's biggest fan of Apple podcasts, but kind of, if you're not in Apple podcasts, you're not a real podcast basically. Oh. And obviously there are some shows which are exclusive to certain uh, platforms and everything else. And that's all fine, kind of. But if you are a standard show, which is available on lots of different platforms, just make sure that you're an Apple. Because if you're not in Apple, you are missing so much. You know, it's 40% of the world's podcast plays. But the Apple directory also serves probably another 50% or 40% of other apps as well. So make sure that you're in there. That's one of the most important things. Totally. Okay, so last big question. You have a monster email list. <laughs> Do you have any <laughs> advice on how to grow that? Obviously, huge tip. Just make it front and center on your website. Any other little tidbits? Yeah, I mean, make it make it front and center. Also, buddy up with other people who are doing similar things. I think that there's a there's a thought that you know, other newsletters or other podcasts that are in a similar field are your competition. And they're really not. They're, mm -hmm. but they're, they're people who are in the same sort of sort of space as you are. And actually, you know, if you're a fan of, uh, he says, coming back to fish and chips again, but if you're a fan <laughs> of fish and chips, um, I'm clearly, clearly hungry this morning. Um, <laughs> if you're a fan of fish and chips, then yes, there will be people listening to your fish and chip show, but there are also going to be people listening to other shows all about how to make a great plate of fish and chips. So working together with those people is a good thing to grow the entire industry and grow your, your niche or your niche, if you prefer it better that way. So yes, I think that that's, you know, an important thing, but yeah, I mean, make it, just make it really obvious in terms of your newsletter, how to sign up, what you'll get, there are quite a lot of newsletters where you don't know what you're going to get. And I, don't, I would much rather read one prior to signing up. And also don't abuse that. There are some people who I've signed up for newsletters from and I get all kinds of stuff and they've discovered an affiliate deal with, I don't know, some, some car insurance company and they, <laughs> and they, and so one, uh, you know, update is, you know, oh, by the way, you know, if you want to help the show, then buy this car insurance from this guy. No, really, no, <laughs> please don't, please don't do that. You know, so treating people kindly, treating people well, you know, is probably a good, a good plan. And yeah, hopefully there won't be any affiliate deals for car insurance <laughs> in Bond News anytime uh, uh, soon. We'll know things have really gone off the yeah, rails when we exactly. see that. <laughs> yeah, exactly you know right. what? One of the biggest lessons that I've gotten doing this and that I've taken to more of my other podcasts, which aren't quite so service related, but just like mm. the value in serving your audience and like showing up and trying to like make good on that doesn't yeah. involve a lot of affiliate links <laughs> necessarily, no. but you know, you get people coming back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, treating your audience well, being consistent is the is the other thing. And that goes for newsletters, but it goes for podcasts as well. If people understand, you know, you don't go into a McDonald's one day and all of a sudden you get a pizza. 
Um, you, you know, apart from that place in uh, Orlando where you do actually get McDonald's pizzas, oh my God. Um, which is the weirdest thing. But yeah, you know, you, the reason why McDonald's is a really successful hamburger place isn't because it serves the best hamburgers. It does a really consistent job. And you know, wherever you are in the world, if you just want a bit of comfort food, you know that you can go into a McDonald's, you'll know the sort of things that are in there. They don't serve you beef in India, for example. They serve you this weird Queensland burger here, oh. um, which has beetroot on it, or beet, I guess you would call it, um, which is a very strange, uh, strange experience. But it's still a consistent experience. So making sure that you do that, you know, come out every week if you're a weekly show on the same day, if you can, you know, all of that kind of uh, kind of stuff is really important because people begin to build their lives around your podcast. And if you miss a week or you miss a day or however it works, then you're you're actually genuinely messing people's lives up. So you should kind of be a little bit more careful on that. You're reading me for filth right now, James. <laughs> Am I? Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I'm I'm consistently inconsistent. That's how it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you would like to share with the besties before we close today? Wow, gosh. Uh no, I mean I think I think uh I think I've said way too much already. Um but <laughs> I guess the other thing I would just say is get get the most out of the content that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means not just putting out a podcast, but, you know, whether it's making a transcript of that and putting it on your website or making an article of what you've made and putting it on your website, cutting it into bits to make it available on, on other platforms as well so that people find it. And then perhaps going back, if you can't do a show one, one week, then going back and saying, okay, can't do a show this week because of, you know, X and Y, but here's a bit of a show that I did a couple of months ago about such Mm -hmm. and such. You know, it's a really good and quick way to keep that consistency going. And you would be surprised how many people have just found your podcast and they've never heard that particular episode. So um, don't be afraid to rerun stuff on occasion where it makes sense. I love that tip. I've been trying to do that more and it's a lifesaver sometimes. Mm, mm. <laughs> thank you so much, James. This has been great. Well, thank you so much. It's been it's been uh, fantastic to be a podcast bestie. <laughs> Hell yes. James was the perfect first guest. The only downside is you're going to be thinking about fish and chips for the rest of the day. <laughs> Maybe that's an upside. I don't know. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in to the very first episode of Podcast Bestie. For more of my audio creations, check out my other podcasts. I have Private Parts Unknown, which is about love and sexuality around the world, and The Bleeders, about book writing and publishing. And you can follow me between episodes at Courtney Kosak, that's K-O-C-A-K, on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, I send out a lot of newsletter exclusives to my besties. So you're going to want to make sure you are on that email list. So go to podcastbestie.substack.com slash welcome. And now for the bad watchdog trailer. Okay, this shit is wild. Here we go. The Department of Homeland Security is a federal agency that you may not be paying attention to. But over the last several years, it's been at the center of a lot of controversy. From Secret Service agents roughly clearing BLM protesters in D.C. 
to the crisis at our southern border. One agent was caught on camera swinging his horse strap at one of the migrants. To January 6th. It's a powerful agency. But what happens when the people inside it abuse their power? And what happens when the watchdog, tasked with exposing those abuses, chooses to look the other way? This is the guy running the watchdog shop, but he doesn't want to raise red flags when clearly they're warranted. President Trump was firing inspectors general left and right if they displeased him. There's enough smoke here to to know that there's a fire burning somewhere. How the hell am I going to be a Border Patrol agent if I can't protect myself? And I can't do this anymore. I said, I don't even believe in what we do anymore. The people I arrest are less criminals than the guys I'm sitting next to. Joseph Kafari is giving cover to abusive agents within the ranks. All of these people said that when they reported things, it was detrimental to their career. I mean, this is the story of an agency. This is a podcast about finding the truth and holding people accountable, which is essentially, and not coincidentally, the work of an inspector general. I'm Marin Macklis, and from the Project on Government Oversight, this is Bad Watchdog, a new six-part investigative series launching Thursday, January 26th. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts.